0: Here's Pastor Scott. All right, listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. I want to speak to you this morning briefly from a sermon titled, Keep Your Eyes Open. Look at somebody say, open. open. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Daniel, God, and him coming today to share these things with us. Help us, God, to learn from your book now as we look to your word. I pray that you would teach us from your word by your spirit what you would have us to know in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep your eyes open. My family is different than yours. Your family is different than mine. My family is all boys' uh, Slash men, and um, I am raising my two sons to be very aware men. We talk a lot about situational awareness. They, I taught them this when they were little, and they still do it to this day. My sons are more like uh, just as likely to say something about the situational awareness in a room. Y'all know know me, know we don't cook. We eat out every night of the month, literally, not figuratively. We eat out every night, and. They are just as likely to say, right over there. And I know what they mean because they've, they've been taught to look for the person in the room that's either going to be the most likely to create trouble in that room or is going to be the one that's hardest to subdue in that room. And you're like, man, y'all just live in that type of fear? No, we live in that type of domination. We, we live in that, in that type of awareness because the Scripture tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, To be sober, comma. Now remember, always read between the punctuation. Pay attention to the punctuation. It's there for your perfection. It will cause you to understand better what you're reading, whether it's the Bible or anything else. But especially when you're reading the Bible, pay attention to the punctuation. Take the word in bite-sized pieces so you can digest it. And understand what it's saying. So as we read between the punctuation and we look at these phrases and these words. Because words are important and specific. Because God's word is true from cover to cover. The first two words in this verse are be sober comma. Now ladies that is not scripture to beat your drunk husband up with. I already told you you can't nag people into Christ anyway. You can't browbeat people with the Bible. You just make them hate you and resist God. But this word sober is not the opposite of drunk. When you hear somebody say sober in 2018, you probably, you may think about being drunk, but this word sober comes from a Greek word that means to be calm and collected in spirit. So to be sober, to be clear-headed. And so that kind of is like the opposite of drunk, right? But, it, but it's not saying don't, this, this isn't speaking about drinking. This is speaking about paying attention, say potential. It's, it's talking about having a calm And collected spirit to as you walk through life, don't be worried, don't be nervous, don't be freaking out all the time, but be aware. In your mind, be together. See, I've told you many times before that I believe one of the greatest attacks of the enemy on this generation is mental attack. People, people coming up with new mental diseases all the time. Social disease, social anxiety disease, social situation disease. I mean, there's just more more ways for drug companies to sell stuff. But there are people that are truly struggling with their emotions, with their mind, with depression, with fear, with worry, with anxiety. And we need to not be that way as believers. God has a better plan for us. So the scripture commands us to Be sober. You need to have a calm and collected spirit. You shouldn't be a hurried person or a harried person. You shouldn't be a person who walks around freaking out or causing others to freak out. You shouldn't walk around in fear of trouble or starting trouble, but you should have your eyes open. Are you following me? Go back to that verse for me, Deacon. It says not only be sober, but be vigilant. So we got to pause and we got to consider what is being said. We're going to be sober. We're going to have our eyes open. We're going to be uh, calm. We're going to be collected. Uh, the word vigilant in the Greek, that word in the uh, Greek definition, I just pulled it out and put it right on the screen. It's to actively give strict attention to something with a cautious mindset. That's having your eyes open. That's being aware. That's, that's giving attention to what's going on with a cautious mindset, not a freaking out mindset, but with a cautious mindset. Jacob has been driving, so watch out when you see something coming. He's a good driver. But I believe one of the reasons he's a good driver is because, and i, I talk talked to him about this a lot, is because he's still a young driver. And I told him, you will lose this mindset as you get older and as you drive More often, you will lose this. I've got to pay careful attention because my dad and my brother are in the car, and I don't want to do something dumb to hurt my dad or my brother. You will lose this cautious mindset of I've got to pay strict attention and not touch the radio, not touch my phone, not not. I've got to have both hands on the wheel, and I've got to do my very best because I'm hurling 3,800 pounds of steel, metal, and glass at at 50, 60 miles an hour straight at other people. And I told him it will only be during this phase in his life where he's that cautious a driver and this is where people get messed up if you ever see a woodworker who's missing a finger or two he did not cut those fingers off the first day on the job no man in the mill ever stuck his hand in 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 the belt saw to pull back a piece of lumber because the new guy always wears all safety equipment the new guy always has on all protective equipment. He always makes sure to be very cautious about stuff. It's when you lose that cautiousness and, and you think, oh, I can still pull that out. Uh, you, you get a piece of wood stuck in, in some in some grinder and, and you're like, I, I could shut it down or I could just pull you just pull it out, right? Elder Elder Jimmy's a pull it out. God, I promise you. He that's how he got that big scar on his head. He didn't stop and slow down. Done it a thousand times. And as you get comfortable with stuff, you lose a sense of caution, you lose a sense of safety, and you make bad decisions. Do not let familiarity breed contempt with your level of caution. You cannot obey the Scripture unless you are sober-minded and you are vigilant. And we've seen what these words mean. Let's keep moving. Go back to the Scripture, Dick, and it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil... There is a real devil. It's shocking, but it, it just stays the same. Every year they do these surveys, and they ask people that go to Christian churches, "How many of you believe in a real God?" Do you? On the latest survey, less than eighty-five percent of church attenders believe there's a real God. What are you going to church for? You could have slept. You, you know, you could have done something different. But that—that's not as shocking as less than 55% of people surveyed that go to church believe there's a real devil. Listen, the Bible says there's a real God, so you must believe it. The Bible says there's a real devil, so you must believe it. And the Bible says that the devil is our adversary. Now, this is unique wording, and typically we'd be looking in the New Living Translation, but I'm using the King James Version here uh, because I want to pull out something that's unique in the verbiage in this verse It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. Now, this is saying something twice. Because the word devil literally means adversary. The word devil means opponent or adversary. When the Bible says devil, it's looking at an opposition. Typically, specifically, it's a legal term. It's a a courtroom battle between an adversary and an advocator. The, The Holy Ghost is our advocate the Bible says, and the, the, the devil is our adversary. So this is someone who opposes us for a very determined reason. This isn't just somebody who doesn't like the way you look, so they cut you off in traffic. This is somebody who doesn't like you and wants to bring you down in a very strategic way. The devil is our adversary, and the Bible says the reason why we need to be calm and collected in spirit, vigilant, giving strict attention to something with a cautious mindset is because there is a real devil who opposes us. Do you believe that this morning? If you don't believe that, then you may as well not believe anything else in this book because this book tells us that Jesus suffered, died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the Scripture. And if we believe that for eternal life, then we got to believe all the other words in the book too. If you're going to believe St. John chapter 3, then you're going to have to believe 1 Peter chapter 5. And the scripture says the reason why we have to keep our eyes wide open as we walk through the course of our life is because we have a real enemy, and he is walking around like a roaring lion, Come. Now, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman sang a song uh, decades ago. Uh, And and the coolest part of the song says he's the K-I-N-G of the J-U-N-G-L-E. Anybody want to guess what the name of that song is? The only person in the room that can spell. (laughs) King of the jungle. Okay, now this song talking about Jesus, Stephen Curtis Chapman. But if somebody asks you what animal is the king of the jungle, we know. Yeah, the lion. The Bible says that the lion is, is the fiercest among all beasts and Turns away from no one. So the lion is not scared. The lion is not timid. The lion is not worried about you. He is confident he has the power to overcome you. This is how the enemy comes at you. Now, here's the reality. Overconfidence can always, almost always get you messed up in a confrontation. It's too much sure of yourself. Now, at six eight two seventy. 270... I think he's probably about a half a ham sandwich from 280, honestly. <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe a Cheeto shot, 279. But this this man will probably feel very confident in, in a physical battle with most human beings because he's a very large man and, and has, based on his r- resume, str- some strategic training. But if he had to run into the wrong dude, I mean... I, in his mind, he's ready for GSP, but I, I you know, George St. Pierre might get him on the ground and put him in an ankle lock and twist his legs apart. You ne- you never know. Overly confident people. I don't think anyone ever looked at Bruce Lee and thought that's a dude to be scared of. I mean, yeah, come on, little Asian dude. I mean, I'm not hating. I'm just saying. And not typically known for, you know, you know that. Uh, but 120 pound dude. I'd be embarrassed to death if I let a 120-pound man beat me. I don't care if he was Bruce Lee. I'm 215 pounds. I mean, they make weight divisions for a reason. Uh, But overconfidence can get you messed up in a fight. And I want you to know the devil has the confidence of the lion. He is convinced he will win. He is convinced that you are no battle for him. He is convinced he can take you any kind of way he wants to take you, and you need to make sure that you have a strength that is stronger than him. See, if you're going to fight a real lion, and the Bible uses uh, very natural terms to teach spiritual truth, Jesus talked to farmers in agricultural terms to get them to understand spiritual truth. He talked to fishermen in fishing terms to get them to understand spiritual truths. Here, the word is talking to us in natural terms to get us to understand spiritual truth. If you are out in a jungle with a lion... You need a couple of things if you want to survive. Because, you know, it, it's great to talk about how fast you can run away, but you're not running away from the line. Right now. All right? Uh, no, you know, it, it's great to say I don't have to outrun you. I just have to outrun Deacon West. He's going to be chewing on Deacon West for a while. And whether or not I can outrun Deacon West is not even relevant. He's already pledged to lay down his life. So I didn't tell him, get between me and that line, son, because I, I I, I'm on a mission. All right, everybody don't have a Deacon West if you're in the jungle and there's a lion out there coming to get you, you need more power than that lion has, and you need to have more power than he believes that you have. You need to have a gun, a big one, not a not a handgun, a rifle you need you need to have something that can drop him. In his tracks, I want you to know, if you are a born-again believer, you have a power in you stronger than the king of the jungle, stronger than the lion, and stronger than a rifle. But we all don't walk in knowledge of that power, that God is with us. This is what the Scripture declares for us. He says that this is how the devil walks around. The devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I've taught this verse many times to some of y'all have been around for 10, 15 years. And y'all that know me, you know I love the Discovery Channel. I love Animal Planet. uh, especially when there's some killing going on. I am not that typical dude. I don't like Rudy because that's ridiculous. That dude cannot play for Notre Dame. That's insane. I do not want that man on my team. I'm not looking for Rudy to make the tackle. I'm looking for Ray Lewis to make the tackle. This is how it works in the jungle. The little guy don't beat the big guy. The, Ray Lewis rise up and thump Rudy on his head. Rudy will go back to polishing helmets in the locker room. So when I watch the Animal Planet, I am not for the zebra. No. I don't care if you think they're cute. You can't even tell me if the zebra's white or black. How you going to go with that? Let me keep moving. I'm not for the zebra. The zebra's got nothing for the lion. The, the zebra doesn't have strength for the lion. The zebra is, is not necessarily going to outrun the lion. But the scripture tells us that our adversary Walks about stalking us the way a lion stalks his prey. Now, typically, I watch the animal channel. Anytime I see a lion on there, because I'm thinking he's going to get that zebra. Here's what they do, and it makes no sense. The enemy's strategy in this area makes no sense. The lion could just go grab any zebra he wanted to. The lion could just run in the middle of a whole pack of them, just dive on them and grab both of them by the neck. And just, just hold them until he decided to, you know, latch on and break their neck and kill them. But that's not what he does. That's not his game. That's not his strategy. I don't know why he likes to play these cat and mouse games, but this is what he does. And if you're going to have an enemy, you need to know how your enemy fights. Well, our adversary fights like the lion fights. And here's what the lion does. Watch animal planning. You'll find out. The lion doesn't just decide I'm going to rise up and go kill me something the, and, and just run in to take it. He stalks. He lays low. He watches. He watches and he looks and he waits for the right time. And here's how he knows it's the right time. And we talked about this before, uh, the cutout principle. The lion looks for the cutout principle. He looks for a weak animal or he looks for the animal that gets separated from the herd. Now, honestly, what, somebody with a brain in the room, tell me, what, let's just say there's 50 of them. Let's, let's, let's just say there's 100 of them. Let's say there's 100 zebra. There's one line. If I love this one, the one line I was watching an African show on. They called, the, the locals called him Antoine Demela, And in their language it meant, he who greets with fire. You're in trouble when Antoine de Mela steps out of the cave. But wait, wait, 100 of them, do, do, do you really, what do you think they're going to do when Mustafa, when what was a little uh, Simba, full grown, what do you think they're going to do when this grown man lion comes running at them? Somebody tell me that, uh, well, we just learned what's the first thing of the three things you should do? The second is hide, the third is fight. They can't hide and they can't fight, but they better do what run. they're going to have to run, okay? So <laughs> That's what they would do. They're not going to do like penguins. They're not going to circle up and put the little sissies in the middle so they don't have to face the cold. They're going to run away and just, hey, that's on you, dog. Shouldn't eat all them donuts. I told you, you're getting fat. I'm running. The lion looks for the one that gets separated from everyone else. And that's why, to me, it's so dangerous when I see Christians who are not going to church anywhere. They have separated themselves from the herd. When you are in the middle of God's people, when you are making your life, see, some of us grew up in ballparks. Some of you moms grew up being, you know, you had the name on the back of your jersey, Billy's Mom, and you kept scoring every game, and you just, that, that was your social environment. You had a, You had a tribe, you had a herd. Well, church provides that for us, a community of believers to stay close to. But when you separate from that, you put yourself in a dangerous place because you are now in in the lion's eyes you're you you he has got full sight on you now you separate from the herd listen i have met very few people it happens it really does it happens people you, you can come to church read your bible every day say your prayers make good choices you can be the most saved person on the planet and still get overthrown by the enemy but typically you have a better chance The people that are serving in this church, that are constantly here, that don't do it to be seen, but do it because they have a real relationship with God and they love God and they love God's people and they just like coming around being among saved folk and singing the songs of the redeemed, Uh, those people typically are too close to the middle of the herd to get picked off by the lion. It's when you get separated out away, and you don't have your strong Christian friends around you reminding you, they "Ain't gonna get in trouble with that." You can slip up with that. See, the lion is stalking. Doesn't have to, chooses to. The lion doesn't need a weak zebra. The lion could just, if they could talk, you know, African for a minute, and just they could just say, nah, nah. And, and 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 let him know. Send the biggest zebra you got, because I'm hungry. Y'all remember what Tyree said in Fast and the Furious? He said, I'm hungry. He, the lion could say, send the biggest one you have. He doesn't need a weak one. He chooses a weak one. It's not that he can't fight. He just doesn't like to put out all that effort just to get a zebra meal. And the devil is not looking to pick on the strong and the stable. So you've got to determine, how are you doing in your Christian walk? Are you surrounded by other strong, stable Christians? Are are you flourishing and growing in your relationship with Christ? Are you in the middle of a pack full of people that that love you and, and, and love the same God that you love? Or are you drifting on the edges? Once you start drifting on the edges, you're in trouble because now you've made yourself cut out. That's the one the lion is looking for. So God's word tells us that the devil does what the lion does, and this is what the lion does. So we got to understand that the devil is looking for fringe Christians, people who aren't growing in their relationship, people who aren't stable, people who aren't in the middle of everything that God is doing. Look at what he he says. He's stalking them. He's walking around like a lion. The lion is laying low. Here's, the, here's, here's one of the saddest things about God's grace because God's grace is awesome. God's grace is amazing. God's mercy is amazing. Mercy is uh, we're not getting the punishment you deserve, uh, mercy is fantastic. When you do something wrong and God doesn't punish you because He chooses to forgive you, that's fantastic. But let me tell you the the backside, the 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 other side of the mercy coin. Some people think because they haven't got chastised for what they've been doing wrong that they've gotten away with it for so long that there's no judgment coming. Oh, it's coming. it's coming if you've been drifting from the herd if you've been drifting from the house of god the people of god the man of god the plan of god the word of god the mission of god the agenda of god the purpose of god if you've been drifting away from these things and the devil hasn't overthrown you and your life hasn't fallen apart and you think oh well uh, you know all them people talking about chastisement and god's gonna get your attention i feel fine out here doing what i'm doing you don't see that lion hiding in the weeds there's a lion coming because he's seeking whom he may devour. As I was reading this, getting ready for this message, God, God quickened my spirit to, to think about the passage of Scripture that says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Can your faith be shaken? It, it, if your faith can be shaken, it will be shaken. And, and it, this lion is seeking whom he may devour. So... We talk a lot about hermeneutical principles at Abundant Life because we're a Bible church. And and we talk a lot about inference, things that are said versus things that are inferred. Things that are said are always rock solid. Some things that are inferred or a stretch may be true, may not be true. But let's just think for a minute. Seeking whom he may devour. If the scripture says the devil is seeking whom he may devour, then we must understand that there's a group of people that what? cannot. Cannot be devoured. There are people that he may devour. There are people that he may not devour, and, and the difference is easy. If you're walking in the strength and the power and the love of God, he, you, you are undevourable. He is not going to come at you. He is only looking for those who are walking in their own strength. You say, Pastor, how do I know when I'm walking in my strength versus walking in God's strength? Because the Bible says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So how do you know when you're walking in your strength versus walking in God's strength? There's a lot of different ways. I don't have time this morning uh, to tell you because we we gave them nine minutes to Daniel. Amen? (laughs) But one of the easiest ways is when you are walking in your own strength, you are tired. See, people talk about burnout. In, in jobs, and in careers, in ministry. And, and I've told people uh, for a long time, I don't believe in burnout for the Christian. And if there was a burnout, I'd rather burn out than rust out. Amen? Uh, I mean, that, that, that's for sure. But if you are walking in God's strength, his strength is enough. The, his strength will carry you through. When you start finding yourself tired, negative, complaining, Bitter, looking around at what nobody else is doing and and, and comparing yourself to other people and elevating yourself above other people. You need to realize you are totally on the fringe. You are out there in a devourable position and you need to be undevourable. Because there are a group of people who are undevourable and those are the people who put on the whole armor of God and walk strong in the power of his might. And I want you to make sure that you have a daily ongoing awareness that my God is with me. And if my God is with me, then nothing can overtake me. There is no lying you need to worry about. There is, no, there is no government you need to worry about. People get so wound up and bound up about who the president is and, and midterm elections and red wave, wave, blue wave, and all, all that stuff. I, I'm going to keep telling you all till Jesus comes back. It doesn't nearly matter as much who's in the White House as long as we know who sits on the throne in heaven. <laughs> all right now. Don't let all these things freak you out. Don't, and and it, it, it's so funny now because uh, for eight years, there, there was a certain group of people in our church that hated every time I said it, and a certain group of people that swole up with joy and excitement. And now it's on the flip-flop. I told people for eight years, stop saying that our president is not your president. And I, and I tell them, you know why Barack Obama won the, pre- won the presidency in 2008? Y'all tell me what I said. Because God wanted him to. You know why Barack Obama became, was reelected in 2012? Because God wanted him to. And and for you saying, that's not my president, just makes you sound ignorant. Ignorant. But now, now there's a new sheriff in town. Now we got a different group of people saying, that's not my president. So, what's good for the goose is what's good for the gang? The the word is two-edged sword, it cuts on both sides. Anybody want to take a wild guess at at how this TV real estate man uh, became the president of the United States? It don't have to make sense to you. You just got to believe it because the Bible says that God is in charge of all authority. And if you have God on your side, you don't have to worry about who who wins, who loses. You don't have to worry about what the score of the game is. You don't have to worry about what it looks like right now because it's not over till it's over. You might feel beat up. You might feel hurt. You might feel half devoured. But just that amount of awareness lets me know you're still in the game. You're still battling. You're, you're still moving. And if you stay in God, if you keep God at the forefront of your mind, if you read his word every day, you say your prayers every day, you make the best choices you can every day, God is going to give you an undevourable spirit. And we need to get to that place. The next verse, verse nine, says, "Resist him. Resist him." Okay, let, uh, comma. So we got that. That's cause for pause. Resist him. Small h. Who is he talking about here that we need to resist? Yeah. Notice what it doesn't say. Now, see, y'all, y'all know I do not like TV preachers. I don't listen to TV preachers because I think they just want money. I think they just want to buy jets and planes and fancy suits, and I think that's a waste of money and time. But if I was to get my theology from that bunch of ragtag non-theologians, you need to be a theologian if you're going to pastor and teach people. You need to understand the Bible. You need to be educated in the Scripture. You need to be able to understand the original languages and know how this thing was pieced together, which they have no idea. But if we are going to resist him, that's what the Scripture says. What it doesn't say is what the TV preacher says. Rebuke him. The, the Bible goes as far as, as, as to say be careful about rebuking dignitaries, authorities, angels, and, 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 uh, and everything that you can't see. But now it's all, sh- it's all chic and cool. I, I rebuke that devil in Jesus' name. Well, read the whole Bible. Read the whole Bible and, and find out when, when one man tried to say that to the devil, you know what the devil said back? He said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus who Paul preached. What did the devil say? The devil said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but you ain't nobody. And I don't know you. And I'm about to roll over you. I have friends from all different types of churches, all different backgrounds, all different denominations, and the ones that annoy me the most are the ones that always want to rebuke everything, uh, especially, you know, I don't even want to call out where for all people church, but... uh, I, I can tell where they've been because I'll, I'll say something. I'll, loose hand devil, loose him. That's not even English. Loose him, him, Loose hand devil. what you call I'm the devil all of a sudden? I told you my sinuses has been bothering me and I feel a little stuff loose hair devil. I rebuke that in Jesus name. I had the same dude telling me that stuff one time. got in my, got in my truck. we were driving to lunch. He's, he's eyes puffed up, nose whistling, all stuffed up, coughing, sneezing. I said, What you got, allergies or are you catching a cold? Loose here, devil, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm the head, not the tail, always above never beneath. Uh, I'm, I'm healed by his stripes. So, y'all know what I told him? I said, Well, the next time you're about to blow snot all over my dashboard, cover your mouth better. Because that snot don't know you're healed yet. Rebuking everything, declaring, I declare and I decree. No devil can mess with me. That stuff don't work. It ain't in the Bible. That is foolishness. And and if you really want to see how foolish it is, YouTube it and see four-year-olds doing it while the whole church laughs as they do it. It's silly, it's ridiculous, and and it's not scriptural, it's not our faith, it's not biblical. We we don't just scream at the devil. Nowhere in the Bible does it say scream at the devil. And, and, And you may have come from this church. We all come from different backgrounds, different denominations. You may have come from one of those pray to the devil churches. Nowhere in the Bible does it say pray to the devil. Well, I would never pray to the devil. Watch yourself. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for loving us. And devil, we bind you. You just went from praying to God to praying to the devil. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God and resist the devil. Don't give in to the devil. Understand that he's an adversary that must be resisted. He, he resist him, the Bible says, steadfast in the faith, not in your own strength, but in the strength that comes by faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. I told you one of the big plans of the devil is to cause you to think that you've got it worse than everybody else. Nobody's been through what I've been through. (laughs) Sure they have. When nobody's, nobody's dealing with what I'm dealing with. Everybody's dealt with stuff. Everybody's got a sad story to tell. Everybody's been through hardship. All around the world, people are going through stuff. Don't feel like you're on an island by yourself being attacked with an attack that no one else ever had to suffer through. Everybody gets attacked. Everybody gets, get, gets into this battle. The scripture says that we have to resist the enemy. We have to stay strong in the faith, and we have to understand. Hey, uh, and, and this is what I tell my kids. If you would just deal with life this way, realize other people made it through. Other people made it through. I can remember when I was in basic training in Fort Dix, New Jersey, 1986, we had two guys. That cried every night. He hates me. He, he, he hates me the most. He singles me out. No, you single yourself out because you came here unprepared. You can't run. You can't do push-ups. You, you're ridiculous looking. And, and, but he doesn't hate you. You're, 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 you're personalizing something. It's just his job to harass everybody. And you've made yourself an easy target. Stop thinking that life is against you. Listen. I told y'all, and some of y'all have heard this before, and you, you'll, you'll be able to follow, follow along with this and, and smile about it. But the smartest thing one of my mentors ever told me was, Scott, stop worrying about what people think about you because for the most part, they don't. They don't. I think she rolled her eyes at me. She always hated me. She don't even know your name. She don't know you exist. You've been to church twice. I don't even know your name. I mean, seriously, stop making it about you. If you can ever just begin to realize it's not about you. And this is what Christianity is. When you give your life to Christ, you surrender to his rule, and you decide it's all about him, and it's not about me. So put your feelings away. Tuck your feelings into the Scripture and decide. Uh, Everybody goes through something, and stop acting like, you, you, you got some special battle that nobody can understand. I'm going to give you one more verse of Scripture in James 4, 7. Fantastic verse. goes right along with what's being said here in Peter. James said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, period. That's the end of that statement. That is definitive and stand alone. Submit yourself, Therefore to God, therefore, therefore is a cool word in the Bible. Therefore and wherefore are cool words in the Bible. And anytime you see the word therefore or wherefore, you got to stop and try to figure out what it's what it's there for. Because of everything that's been said in chapters one, two and three and the first six verses of chapter four, because of what God has been saying through the Apostle James, because of all this that's going on, we must submit ourselves to God. Submit. Whoo, there's a word people don't like. I've had people uh ask me to do a wedding and and tell me now you're not gonna have any of that uh honor, obey, and, and all that submission talk in there, are you? Uh, yes. Yeah, but I'm gonna put more on him than I'm gonna put on you because God expects it to work from the head down. And a lot of people don't like the word submit. People people think submit is a horrible word. This word submit in the Greek. Uh did I put that in my notes, Dick? All right, here we go. Submit. This is right out of the Greek dictionary. To subjugate, subordinate, and submit to obey the rule over you of another you deem greater than yourself. Do you believe God is greater than you? Are you willing to submit to God? If you're willing to submit to God, you must become subject to God and his rule in your life. If you're willing to say that God is greater than you and you want to submit to God, then you have to obey his rule over you because you know he is greater than you. This is where we get messed up when we start thinking we're too big for our own britches. When we think we're better than we are. When we we think the rules don't apply to us. You're you're in danger there. You're going to get out on the fringe. You're going to cut yourself out from the herd. And this stalking lion is going to be right there waiting to get you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, period. Now there's another sentence coming behind that. It says resist the devil, comma. That's cause for pause. When we think about those three words, resist the devil. That word resist. New Testament was primarily written in Greek. Uh, That word resist in Greek means to set oneself against, to withstand, to resist, or to oppose. You need to wake up every morning. And I told you, try to get in a habit before your feet touch the ground to say hello to God and thank him for life. And ask for his direction. In your life that day, you need to submit to God, His rule in your life, and you need to resist, you need to stand against, you need to oppose everything that opposes God in your life and in this world. I told you, I talked to my boys a lot about situational awareness. When you drive down the road, you see what we call red lights. They're really more street signals or street lights. They're not always red, are they? Sometimes they're yellow, and sometimes they're what? So they have three colors red yellow and green, and those colors are there to create an expected response of the driver. Well, there was a man uh, named Cooper who is a security expert and military guy, and he created uh, what they call Cooper's color codes. I'm going to share those with you, and we're going to get out of here because I want you to have good situational awareness. Uh, e- even as Daniel talked to us about Today, you've got to be aware of your surroundings. You say, well, I came to church to hear about God, not about uh, security. First natural, then spiritual. We're going to apply this to the natural realm. Then we're going to see how we can apply it to the spiritual realm. Cooper had four colors on his code, white, yellow, orange, and red. Most people walk around on white. White, he said, was an unaware state and an unprepared state. These are people that are just bumping along. These are people just sitting around, not paying attention. Didn't see the person that walked behind them. Didn't see the person sitting in front of them. They're not the guy, uh, and, and I know some of y'all are, and I thank God for you. Uh, they're not the guy who must sit, and, and listen, my, my kids know, I'm going to sit with my back to the wall where I can see everything in the room. That that that, 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 that these, these guys that sit with their back to the door, the first person at the table right by the door with your back to the door, that man will already... If, if, that's over. No awareness at all. Don't even realize what's going on around them. Do not be this person. I almost said don't be white. Don't be <laughs> this person. You can be white. Okay? I'm white. I'm by design. I told you all, I put sunblock on when I go outside because I want to stay white. I want to be red. I, 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 don't walk around unaware of what's going on. You don't have to be in panic mode. But you need to be situationally aware. You, 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 need, you need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. This is what the scripture declares. He said you go from white, which should never be totally just blah, not paying attention to anything. Uh, you, you go from white to yellow. On white, your awareness is switched off. But on yellow, your awareness is switched on. You're cautious. Uh, you, you, this is the state you should spend most of your time in, Cooper said. It, it's uh, a relaxed alertness. I like that term. You can be relaxed and still paying attention to what's going on. Have your head up. Listen, when you walk through life, uh, when I did homeless ministry, after I, was, I ran the labor pool downtown, y'all know that, put 250 drunks and crack addicts, homeless people to work every day, uh, daily work, daily pay. Got to know a lot of homeless people in Jacksonville. That's why I started uh, Mission Jacksonville to work with homeless people. And it is amazing. Do you realize you could walk through any city? Well, maybe not Chicago. You could walk through any part of Jacksonville and be okay if you just walk with a cautious alertness. People are not going to jump you. Now, Crazy people might. But walk with your head up and look at people. Walk with your head high and, and notice what's going on. That's, that's not the guy they jump on. Why? Because the enemy jumps on like a lion. They stalk for the one that's Easy. People want, bullies want to jump on what's easy. I've been to jail several times in my life. Those of y'all that know my story, uh, y'all know that I have. Anybody going to take, nobody, this man is not going to take my milk from me. Could he physically? Sure. He ain't going to want to. Because there's about 50 men in this room right now. He'd be more, he'd have a better time taking milk from them. Because you got to see me again when you wake up with that knife in your neck. Don't be an easy target. Be situationally aware. Walk around on yellow, a state of relaxed alertness. Have a 360-degree peripheral awareness. Know, know where the danger spots are. Be aware of people, vehicles. Listen, we, we were sitting in a movie theater the other day. Some dude walked in with a backpack. I'm like, how do you let a man in here with a backpack? Okay. Now, I hate to say this in front of Homeland Security. They'd be showing up at my house trying to t- seize my weapons. <laughs> appendix carry sitting down in a movie theater is, is, not, is, 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 not, is not a quick access. So I went from appendix carry to I put my weapon in my seat beside me. Now, that's not legal, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because if this man would have went, to un- as soon as that guy came on that screen and started unzipping that backpack, I leaned over and told Elder Jimmy, that's when I'd be shooting him right then. He might be going for a ham sandwich, but he's going through a ham sandwich with bullets in his in his chest. <laughs> Situational awareness? Hey, I'm up on yellow. Why? Because only the people that live on yellow ever get the opportunity to move into orange, which is the next color. Say orange. Orange is when you recognize there's a threat, there's, there's a potential threat. There, there's something that may be going, you, you, you sense things that are wrong. This guy's moving around too much. He's, he's not dressed right. He's not looking right. He, he, this is a sketchy situation. Uh, you, I, I know it, it just something's about to happen. That's when you've got to really take your awareness up to a higher level. A decision has to be made at that point. If you, never, if you don't walk around on, on, on yellow, you'll never get to orange. White never gets to orange. Only yellow can get to orange. People who aren't paying attention to what's going on, they never even see the threat coming. And just like natural and spiritual, if you don't see the threat coming, you're an easy victim. Spiritually, if you don't realize there's a threat out there trying to knock you off your Christianity, you're an easy victim. In the natural, if you don't realize there are dangerous people in this world that that are ready to take from you what they feel like they want to take from you, then you will never see it coming. It's only those who live in a relaxed, alert state on on yellow that ever get the opportunity to be on orange, and orange takes you to red. That's the fourth color in Cooper's color codes. Red means it's time to do work. It's time. you got to run, hide, or fight. you you got to do something. It's on and popping. You're on the X. It, 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 there, there's a real live threat. So, something is going on. you gotta, you got to fight. you got to flight. you you, you got to do something. But if you're not prepared and you're not ready, and this is why I'm glad that Daniel came today and armed up us with those three great words to run, to hide, or to fight. If you have no strategy at all, if you don't plan to win, then then, then failure to plan, is that's just a plan to fail. If you don't have a plan to succeed in life, you're going to be an easy victim and you're going to be an easy target. I, I mess with Deacon West all the time because he's the head of our security. He'd been with me uh, probably as, as, as long as, uh, most of y'all, I know a couple families been here longer, but I, I, mess, I mess with him often, and I, and I, I tell you, you, you still got those three moves? You got those th- Deacon West is sh- pretty sure he's got three good moves uh, that he's going to take Big Boy off his feet. If Big Boy can charge me right now, Deacon West believes, I'd probably like to see that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big, Boy, Big Boy seems pretty confident. Your three moves might come up three moves short. Matter of fact, I think he whispered to his wife, he'd have a better chance with you than me, baby. I don't think he'd take you. (laughs) Deacon West is confident he's got three moves to get an attacker off of him or me or you as security in this church. You need to have a plan. We got great information today about a plan for an active shooter in this building or any building, wherever you are. Run, hide, fight. That's in the natural. Well, in the spirit realm, you need to have a you need to have these color codes operating in the spirit realm. You don't need to just bump through life and not realize that the devil wants to mess you up. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to steal every good thing that you have. He wants to kill every dream that you have. He wants to destroy every aspect of your life. To walk around in a spiritual state of unawareness is not only anti-scriptural, it's ignorant. There's an enemy out there and the sad reality is he's not just out there he's in here he's in here and the reality is i mean jesus picked 12 one of them was the devil how we gonna do better than that he had an infiltrator paul talked about false brethren who've crept in to search out our liberty and to do us hurt i don't take for granted everybody in this room here Uh, on assignment from God, there might be people in this room on assignment from the devil. That's why I always make sure I know where all all, all of our security is and, and that's why I already have a plan. Spiritually, you need to have a plan to know the enemy's out there. You need to make good decisions so you don't get caught in the crosshairs of the lion who is stalking you. You need to be aware when you get up in the morning, okay? God's on my side. There are those who are for me and there are those who are against me. You don't need to walk around in panic or in fear, but you need to walk around with an awareness and a strategy to win. You need to have a spiritual awareness around you everywhere you go. You need to believe. You don't need to be like that 52% of people uh, or the 48% who don't believe there's a real devil. The Scripture says you have a real enemy. Don't take that, don't take that for granted. Don't, don't take it for granted, but don't be freaked out by it either. Because I'll tell you what Reverend Knight told him in the 70s. I can't lose with what I use. I can't lose with what I use. God is with me. That's why I tell all those people. People ask, have I got all the? I've got some of these uh, death threats on file. I don't have all of them on, on file. Uh, I don't take all of them as credible. And even if they are credible, I can't lose what I use. I had a woman tell me, I know you remember this woman. I had a woman wrote, put it in writing. Listen, don't, don't death threat public figures. In, don't death threat anybody in writing. That's, you're going to get yourself in trouble. She put in writing. She said, I know I can't kill you because God is on your side, but I can kill your children. I can't lose with what I use. I told her, ma'am, you're not a threat to me or my children. We we are, we are not we are not fearful of you. God is on our side, and my children are in God's hands. And God will be my judge, and God will be your judge. So you know, I tell it like your cheerleaders told it. What they say? Bring it on. <laughs> Where are you at? Where are you at? Rise up. I am prepared every day. To know that there are dangers in the natural. I'm not scared of any of them. I'm prepared for them. And as a Christian, I know there are adversaries in the spirit realm. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against human beings. Sometimes the enemy will use a human being to oppose you. But there are spirits out there that want to oppose you. Be aware of that. Always understanding my God is greater. Understanding that the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I thank God that we have security, capable, able-bodied men and women in this church that that are are able to, to assist. But my ultimate help comes from the Lord. Do you have a plan to not be caught by the stalking enemy? Are you growing? Are you stable? Are you secure? Are you surrounded by people that love you, that pray for you, that care for you? Do you, do you have people in your life that, that you know are praying for you? Do, do, are, are, are you involved in women's ministry? Are you involved in men's ministry? Do, do you have, see, one of the greatest things that I've ever seen happen in this church is when the men of our church start calling each other that some, some other man that they met in, in men's group. And I find out they went to lunch together that week. That, that's, that's growing fellowship. That, that's, that's increasing their, 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 their tribe. That, that's keeping strength around them. Because the Bible says that your adversary stalks you the way the lion stalks the zebra. We'll not mess with the strong. We'll not mess with the one who can't be devoured. We'll look for the weak. We'll look for the hurting. You can walk around feeling hurt, get your feelings hurt, and just walk around busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. You can walk around mad and negative and bitter. You can walk around complaining. You can badmouth me. You can say what you don't like about me, what you don't like about church, what you don't like about politics, what you don't like about religion, but you are just making yourself look weak to the enemy. I'll give you one last story, and we'll be done. John Wooden was a unique coach at UCLA, men's basketball coach. Now it helped. You know, that he kept his players for four years or five. Uh, it helped that he had uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar for four years and Bill Walton coming behind him for four years. But John Wooden was constantly winning at UCLA as their head basketball coach, and he had a different technique than all the other coaches. They asked him one time, Well, what, what do you think about this game coming up with Carolina? He said, We'll be ready. They said, well, have, have, have you guys spent a lot of time this week watching tape? He said, no, we don't do that here. We don't do that at UCLA. Now, I don't know that this, this isn't a strategy I would employ if I was the coach. I'll just be honest with you. But it worked for him. Here's what John Wooden said. We don't concentrate on what those other guys are going to do. We concentrate on what we do. And we do it the best. He said, we're ready for whatever they bring. We're ready to walk out there. And if they, if they want to slow it down, we'll slow it down. If they want to speed it up and turn it into track meet, we'll speed it up and turn it into a track meet. If they want to get physical, we'll out-physical them. If they want to play finesse, we'll out-finesse them. Because we're good at what we do. You need to have a strength of character. You need to have a strength to your spirituality that says, I am confident that God is in charge of my day and that God is directing my steps. The Bible says that steps of righteous people are ordered by the Lord. The Bible tells us that he will direct our path, but we got to submit ourselves to him. we got to listen to him and follow his word. Have a plan. Have a plan, Christian. Have a plan that knows that there are opposing forces out there, but that you are not the devourable one. Have a plan that knows there are forces out there that oppose you, but know that your God is stronger than anything that would oppose you. Reading the book of Daniel this month, when the king said, I'll throw you into that fire if you don't do what I say. I love what those three boys said to him. We're not fearful of you. And we're not even going to be careful on how we answer you in this matter. Because we know and we are sure that our God is able to deliver us from your hand. He'll either deliver us in this fire or from this fire. They knew either God was going to keep them from having to go in that fire Or they were going to go in that fire and either God was going to save them from being burnt or they were going to go in that fire and die and end up in the presence of God anyhow. They had an assurance that God was on their side. I hope that you have done what you need to do to get God on your side. The Bible says if you confess your sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved I hope that you've called on Jesus I hope that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and I hope that you will face every day with an awareness that says God's on my side but with a constant understanding there are enemies among us there there are people ready to do bad things among us that's not to freak you out that's just to make you aware you need a plan my plan is simple if you're saved You should adopt this plan. Run, hide, fight. That's a great plan for an active shooter. I got a three-part plan for life. You've been around for a while. You know it. Read the Bible. Say your prayers. And make good choices. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for teaching us what you'd have us to know. God, I pray your divine protection over this place and the lives of the people in this place. Father, I pray for the family who lost a child around the corner. This week, yesterday, God, I pray that you'd bring comfort, God, to all those who have lost people of names who will never hear, cities and places around the world that will never know. God, I pray that you would comfort the hurting. I pray that you'd minister to the world through the hands of your people. We love you, God. We submit ourselves to you. We believe you are greater than us, and we thank you for being in us, for being with us, for your protection, for your divine guidance. For your love for us, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.